Welcome to a small, medium, at large podcast. I'm your host, Gail Heisen, bringing you intimate stories that heal and intimate interviews beyond normal boundaries. Today, I want to thank you all for subscribing, liking, sharing our show with others, and sending us your very positive comments. We really appreciate hearing from you, and we really are so happy that some of you have been with us for almost two years now that we've been doing our podcasts. Today, our special guest is Joanna Kern. Joanna Kern comes to us from Canada today, and she is a transformational teacher, filmmaker, and a multiple award-winning author. Over hundreds of her articles have been published internationally in such magazines as Home Times, The Edge Magazine, Wisdom, Living Now, Consciousness Shifts, and more. Johanna Kern practices and shares the teachings of hope, helping people to find their own power and progress in all areas of life. Many years ago, she suddenly began to experience regular spontaneous trances in which she was receiving the teachings from an ancient master. Her story received international attention, winning praise by readers in North America and Europe and endorsements by three world-renowned experts in the fields of psychology, the study of dreams and hypnosis, para, excuse me, psychophysiology, parapsychology, psi, human development, neurocomputing, and more. Dr. Stanley Krippner, Dr. Jerry Salfin, and Brian Vanderhurst. Together with her husband, Patrick Kern, she founded the nonprofit organization, Humans of Planet Earth Association, H-O-P-E, to promote and provide social, economic, spiritual, and educational welfare to humans through workshops, events, seminars, conferences, classes, art, books, audio, video recordings, film projects, and festivals, exhibitions, fairs, and shows. She has written many books, some which are Master and the Green-Eyed Hope, The Birth of a Soul, Shadowland, The Legend, Secrets of Love for Everyone, 365 plus one affirmations to create a great life, The Seven Powers Creating the World and the Seven Powers Within You, Inner Shadow Transformation, The Banner Method, Releasing the Power of Your Subconscious Mind. You can find links and information about her on her website, which I'm going to spell out for you, J-O-H-A-N-N-A-K-E-R-N.com. Of course, all of this and more will be on our description, so you can find out how to email or contact Joanne and find out also about her association, Hope. Today, though, we are going to be speaking about her book, uh, the newest one, which just came out, and I believe this is a volume two of Inner Shadow Transformation, The Banner Method. And she's going to explain to us what The Banner Method is today. So let's welcome Joanna Kern here today. Welcome, Joanna. Hello. I'd like to thank you, Gail, for creating this beautiful space together with your guests and viewers, where we all can talk about things important to us. Thank you so much. I would like to also thank Dr. Stanley Krippner for his support and for connecting us. For me, I have to admit, it will be the first time that I will publicly share some fragments of the teachings of hope, humans of planet Earth. 
um, uh, abbreviation. Um, yes, I've written several books and many articles, both for international magazines and my blog, but this is a different experience for me, a direct person-to-person -person connection, and it is very, very precious. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to have you here. And this will be on YouTube and Spotify and all these different platforms. My children run my podcast for me, so they do all the work behind the scenes. So very grateful to have them and to have you here today. In other I, words, conscious and happy family. Yes. <laughs> and very grateful for that because I'm not really a tech computer person. Yes. So I always like to start off because I feel like our childhood and our beginnings of life, in some guests we have, nothing happened then. They just became into uh, experiences of seeking out consciousness and spirituality later in life because of maybe an accident or something that happened to them. And then some guests, it starts from when they were a child. So what I would like to know from you is where you're from. I was wondering if it was Poland, I'm not sure. It and it is. So I wanted to share that my grandmother came from Branx, Poland. Oh, wow. And um, I don't know anything about it, except I had some friends who went there and sent me photos of the streets of Branx and areas where they knew she walked because the buildings were 100 years old. So that's about the closest I've got. But knowing that I'm speaking to someone else from Poland today, it just really warms my heart. So if you could just tell us about how your life started out and if there were things that happened during your childhood that led you down this path of being able to receive information from a master of wisdom all being done in trance. So I'd like to know if any of these things happened to you as a child or what your life was like before you became an adult. Yes, um, being born in Poland in the, in the communist era was quite demanding. Um, um, people who were living there and um, that was my childhood. On the other hand, on one hand it was the oppression from the regime, on the other hand it was my childhood. So I tried to do the best I could to to remain happy and childlike and spontaneous etc. I think I I the first thing that I remember in my life was when I was born. Well, I remember the shapes around me. They were not quite faces yet. Mm -hmm. And I remember my huge need to somehow relate to them, to somehow be part of the club that I saw around, even though I didn't understand it. And um, yeah, I, I, I was uh, a little bit of a perhaps unusual child, speaking very early, walking very early. Some people even think, even thought, uh, some people in the neighborhood, in the town when I was growing up, I was growing up with my grandparents. My, mo my mother was away and my father was killed when I was a year and a half, which wasn't that unusual for those times. Mm -hmm. uh, some people thought that uh, if there were a couple that couldn't have children, if they could borrow me and play with me for the entire day, a few hours, they could have a child after that. Wow. It did happen. <laughs> it did happen. To, I probably convinced them how wonderful it is to have a child. That yes. must have been a lovely child or something. But um, 
and then I was able to somehow know what people's intentions were, mm -hmm. um, predict what was going to happen when I interacted with them. And um, I have to admit that I was sometimes not very honest when I was in school, in high school, in uh, art, in school of visual arts, because I sort of knew what they were going to ask me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was going to be uh, on the test. So I just read whatever I need to, whatever I needed to know just before the test. And okay, that's what was going to happen. And I was a, a straight eight student because of that. I'm sorry for that, but we oh, all very, use no, the abilities very, that we yeah, we use all we we use all the tools we're given, and you were yeah into yeah. it. You're coming to school with your intuition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then after spending twenty five years in Poland, I immigrated first to West Germany when I changed my name from Joanna to Johanna, and. Um, I like that name. I, I I lived there for three years and had wonderful friends and family that almost adopted me. Again, it must have been a nice child or something. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then I I came to Canada and everything changed and uh, things were very different than in Europe and I didn't know the language. I had to learn it from scratch and it was quite demanding. I was. Uh, under a lot of stress. And then um, someone uh, that I knew, it was an acquaintance, a woman uh, that I knew at that time, not even very closely, recommended to me a deep meditative sta uh, state to go into sort of uh, relaxation state. And you see, imagine a place that you really love and then imagine steps that you come up and have a bigger view. And that was indeed help, helpful and relaxing, except one day I found somebody, somebody there that shouldn't be there. Uh, it was a little bit scary. Those, there were three people, identical, um, dressed in long, wide robes and um, like triplets, triplet smokes or something. And um, they started to talk to me and told me that I would receive teachings from, from the master. And I said, okay, <laughs> all right, that's very nice and goodbye. Uh -huh. and, <laughs> and when I woke up from the deep relaxation, which I didn't know at the time, but it was already a trance. I just fell into trance spontaneously during that relaxation. I thought I, I, I lost my mind. Mm. I, I was crazy. I didn't want to be crazy. I, I said, I better not tell anyone because they're going to lock me up. Mm. I don't know what's going on. And I was battling with those thoughts for a while, but then curiosity took over, of course, and I went into the relaxation state again, and boom, there was the master, and he said, I will teach you. And um, that's how the story began, and I was receiving, I have been receiving the teachings um, 
good 30 years now because the, the whole story started in 1993. And, uh, and in those times, uh, internet wasn't really the thing. And um, I didn't know anybody who could explain to me what the heck was going on. So um, <laughs> there were some books in, in, in a store, I remember in Toronto that um, were sort of more esoteric, but then I, I reached for one and then I thought, no, no, no. Because if I read the books, then I'm going to influence myself. My mind will come up with sort of, I, of all sorts of ideas, uh, especially that I am a creative person. And I decided to stay away from anything else and see what comes through through me. And a lot of things were coming through during the teachings and I was writing them down over the years in my notebooks. And um, I was keeping, keeping everything secret because, you know, people might think I'm crazy. I don't know if I'm crazy, but Perhaps I don't want to be crazy, so I'd better not tell anyone. And um, I went to film school, I graduated with honors. And that was really cool because, uh, as I said, I had to learn English from scratch. And in my first year, I had to use vocabulary a lot to understand what people were talking about. So that was uh, a really nice accomplishment and built up my ego a little bit, I felt great. And I decided that to give filmmaking career is the right career for me because it went so well. And uh, I was afraid that if I will be talking about my experiences, it will hurt my wonderful career. I well, it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't. Uh, some of my friends knew about what was going on and and they were encouraging me to uh to share the experience and i was afraid but but i did write my first book 10 years ago uh master and the green eye green eyed hope i wrote it in a novel like uh style although it is not a novel but i think it's uh, it's fun to read that kind of a text and and so it's it's written in the light uh, very accessible style. It got two awards. It got the recognition from the uh, enormously beautiful and respected people like uh, Dr. Stanley Krippner, whom I, again, I thank from my heart, and uh, Dr. Solvin and Brian van der Horst. I still wasn't sure if I wasn't going crazy, perhaps, but you know, with those authorities acknowledging uh, what was happening with me, it, it got a little bit easier. But I still mm. continued to with my um, film career at the same time, taught by, uh, by my teacher, the master from my trances, I became a healer. It, uh, he said that it was needed for me to mm, go through such training and um, Yes, there, there were a lot of people lining up and uh, looking for help. And I did it for two and a half years out of the uh, alternative medicine clinic while still studying full-time film at uh, University, Ryerson University in Toronto. And um, then everything went well. I made my big feature movie after several short films um, well-received. Cool. and. 
Was that the Shadowland? Sh Shadowland, the legend. Yes, nomen, omen. <laughs> and uh, I was preparing myself to go to Hollywood and uh, make even bigger features, etc. And then, boom, I had an accident. I broke my elbow. And that uh, resulted in a severe neurological syndrome, which stopped me from um, continuing with my film career. It mm -hmm. wasn't possible. But, you know, as the tough person that I imagined myself to be, I decided I'm not going to roll over. <laughs> Come on. And actually, the first book I am talking about when I was finishing it off and translating to Polish, then it got translated to uh, German and Russian, not by, by other people. Uh, when I was finishing the book, uh, uh, tears of pain were rolling down my face. It, it was so painful to, um, to work on the computer to, to, to type. But I didn't give up. And then later on, I realized I wasn't my path. I wasn't supposed to go to Hollywood and make more future movies. I was supposed to study even more with my teacher. And, um, and that's how the story continued till today. And that and that's always that's the thing that I seem to find when I am ever interviewing people is there something comes in then and changes your path. Yes. It all depends if you listen. Some people don't listen to the message and say, oh, no, I'm still doing this. You knew that this meant you needed to do a different thing, that that was the way you needed to go. Hollywood might have eaten you up. I mean, it's hard to yes, say it's I a know. very negative I know. place. I and uh, it seems like you went down a, a, a much more spiritual and positive path than Hollywood might have been. I'm just saying there's would have been a lot for you to deal with in Hollywood. Yes, yes, yes. Well, uh, we uh, don't need to go in depth into that. We all know what uh, is yes. going on with, with, with uh, a lot of egos when they come together. I, I'm not saying there's anything wrong about egos. We need no. them. Uh, but but uh, when they take over our lives, instead of being our cheerleaders, they become our bosses. Then we end up in situations that... Um, not so great for us even though we might think short term that yes we are on top of of the world i, I never knew that i was going to do a podcast it was nothing in my, i had never even watched one when i started doing this and i didn't know anything about it i had no idea but it seems to have its own life and my guests just seem to appear and my shows just seem to happen and i've never missed one since i and i'm not good at being so Discipline like that. But for this show, I've never missed one in two years. And I don't know. I'm just letting it take its course. And I'm just following as it shows me that this is what I'm supposed to do. So I just keep course, doing absolutely. it. Absolutely. You can share your own experience and other people's experiences. And uh, when we see others going through similar things that we are going through, we understand that there is a reason for it, that there is a purpose. Right. And We're it makes us stronger mirrors. and more open. Mm -hmm. so yes. I'd like to get to my first question which was about the vision quest of our consciousness and something you call the big seven, seven. in our life and seven yes. is one of my favorite numbers <clears throat> so I would love to hear about this and our audience would like to know what the big seven in our life is 
Yes, we will learn about that and also about other sevens, which I will yes. mention later. We all probably notice that um, we are living in times when most of what we have built our world upon falls quickly apart and we want to come out and if we want to come out on the other side uh, stronger and better, yeah. we need to adapt to the changes and we need to find out who we truly are. We need to understand uh, what works and what doesn't work on our planet. Why the, the life in our town, village, city, country is the way it is. And why is it that while some people thrive and things easily come to them, others continue to struggle mm -hmm. and experience hardship after hardship. And I don't attempt to point my finger at anybody and say that's their fault. I am not going that direction. And I will explain why. Numerous ancient and modern sources tell us that we are all sparks of collective or they may call it global consciousness, mm -hmm. that we are one and each of us is a spark of that oneness, an individual spark in the field of consciousness. Mm -hmm. When we talk about consciousness, we can describe it in two ways. The old school medicine will tell us that um, as long as we operate via our senses, we are conscious. And then there is the other description that um, you see it happened when many numerous people and researchers noticed that there is consciousness operating beyond our body, beyond our brain. And that consciousness is present even under anesthetics, under narcosis. It is presence present whether we are mentally sane or not. It is present when we are healthy. It is present when we are sick. It is there. It operates outside our senses. At the core of our beings as humans, we all want the same. We seek love, happiness, fulfillment, and we want to belong. To belong is our natural need because at the core of our being, we somehow know that we are sparks of a much bigger field, the oneness that connects us. And although our core is the same, each of us is absolutely unique. One I... in billions, one in billions. <laughs> and it is because we need to add our individual experiences to that collective consciousness, therefore, each of us will have a different experience, different life, mm -hmm. different set of obstacles, different set of successes. And uh, for the purpose of the collective consciousness to evolve, and that's individual consciousness, we need to progress as well, as above, so below, so to speak. And that's why um, we make our physical life the vision quest of our consciousness, the consciousness that we are. And there are seven areas in our physical uh, existence that we need to pay attention to for the purpose of our progress. And we call them the big seven. And that is our body, our emotions, our ego, our mind, our vision of ourselves, our vision of the world, 
and our heart and its vision. And by our heart, I mean our pure inner being. And as the consciousness that we are, we want to experience ourselves in all of these areas, in a pure, unconditioned form. When we talk about individual consciousness, we can also call it the intention of the individual mind. And in our teachings, the teachings of, in, uh, of hope, we consider it the ruling frequency of one's overall vibration. However, all of the big seven mentioned can affect and change our overall vibration easily when we get sick, when our ego gets uh, blown up too much, when we get emotionally overwhelmed, etc., etc. So uh, all the big seven affect our consciousness and, and its vision quest. And do they relate to, I'm not sure if it's this one or a different seven, do they relate to the chakras? Or... Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll explain later. I'll explain okay. later. By all means, they in, in many ways relate to, mm -hmm. to, to the chakras. <clears throat> so due to the uh, vision quest of our consciousness, each step uh, we take in the material world mirrors what happened with the consciousness that we are. All our thoughts, actions, emotions, or realizations are the imprints of our consciousness, the imprints that it makes during its vision quest. I, I'd like to mention here that our big realizations need to be mirrored by, uh, by our small realizations, which we experience in our day-to-day -day life, because those small realizations they are experiential and they are the moments of clarity of our consciousness while the big aha uh, they are observational intellectual and they are the moments of clarity of our mind and since our mind cannot have an experience but only opinions therefore it is so important to be present aware in our everyday living mindful as some people say and it's becoming a popular popular trend Yes. To uh, to um, to be mindful in our life, and um, and so yes, we are coming to 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 the main point of our conversation, the inner shadows, and um, it all begins with what we want the most. The details may vary from person to person. Some of us want health; others may want wealth, success power or someone to love but all of the details are just what we believe could make us happy in fact we we just want happiness we want beautiful and happy life that's what we want and yet when we look around we don't see majority of people who achieve the goals bathing in happiness they are still troubled yes and the truth is that one way or another, we all have been programmed to think and behave in a certain way. Depending on our location on the planet, we have been taught certain shoots, masks, and how it's danced. We have been conditioned to be who we are. And that conditional programming became our reality. And 
in the teachings of hope, which I have studies, uh, studied and practiced, we recognize three types of conditional programming, subconscious programming, so, uh, societal programming, and avoidance programming. Subconscious programming is rooted in our inner survival fears, and it can be easily triggered by any of our caregivers, parents, or authority figures in our life. Societal programming is externally inflected, usually via regulations, manipulation, pressure, and rooted in the inherent need of all social animals, humans including, um, for structure, for living in groups. Therefore, they can be easily programmed. And then we come to the third type of the conditional programming, which is the avoidance programming. And that can either be self-inflicted or externally inflicted, and is rooted in our natural fear of change and the attachment to our habitual safety. Habitual safety is the know-how to exist and survive in the circumstances that we've gotten used to, and it doesn't matter whether those circumstances would be uh, beneficial or harmful to us. We just know the old devil. We know how to deal with it. We I don't want to change. I think what you're saying with that is like people or relationships where they find themselves in an unhappy or abusive or alcoholic or whatever, different situations, they become more comfortable because that's what they're used to. So they can't imagine it being a relationship that is positive and healthy because they're so used to the unhealthy one that they've had. Is that what you're Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. We know how, they know how to exist and survive in those circumstances. Mm -hmm. uh, in in European, some European languages, we use the term uh, that the old devil is better than the new devil. Right. Uh, yes. So when we know how to deal with something, it gives us a habitual safety, the feeling of habitual safety. Yeah while at the same time we tend to run on automatic pilot. Mm -hmm. We are attached to that habitual safety, as you just mentioned, numerous women and children and nations that are being abused don't see a way out because they, they can't even perceive that there can be change. They, they don't know how to look for it and they remind remain under the control of the inner shadows. In other words, and that is a statement um, I tend to use, we all live in Shadowland, individual and global. Now, <laughs> what are the shadows? Yes, mm -hmm. that was my next question. But you, you, got, you went faster than I could keep up, so. <laughs> Uh, yes, because I just said shadows and people might not know what I am talking about. Right, yes. so I, and so that's what I think if our listeners could hear. I'm it. not cheating on this test. I'm not cheating. I don't know what <laughs> to ask. So let's, let's tell the audience about or give some examples of, uh, of being with our inner shadows. Yes. Um, I will explain it in two ways. Um, to begin with, um, the famous Swiss psychologist Carl Gustav Jung was the first one to use that name. And he was um, relating to the dark energy reject rejected by us in ourselves or others 
and while we shove uh, that kind of energy rejected energy into our subconscious that dark energy becomes the building material mm -hmm. for what he called shadows in the teachings of hope we explain the shadows as a very low frequency vibrations that affect negatively our own vibrations we talk about the seven energy centers the seven chakras which constitute the structure of an individual consciousness on a subtle energy level and in some and some philosophies philosophies indeed and also popular in in the western world now we call them chakras although on the subtle energy level the chakras are not placed along our spine as it is sometimes portrayed they are arranged in a mandala shape okay. plus each of the chakra chakras is also shaped like a mandala those energy centers those chakras are both generators and receivers of such energies as the global consciousness subconscious the energies flow into us from other beings including humans plants animals minerals etc and the seven powers and if, again we have the seven the magical seven here which is the name we use in our teachings for the seven energies that create the world together with the force of existence and i understand we don't have enough time to um, deeply dive into the topic of the seven powers and the essence of the subtle energies which can be described as electromagnetic wavelengths patterns of pulsation it is a larger topic and perhaps we will have another conversation about it for now i will just mention that um subtle energies have been felt or seen by many energy sensitive people for thousands of years shamans healers visionaries and some researchers and scientists so we know of their existence however our modern science doesn't know enough about them yet but we'll get there mm -hmm. i um i can only add briefly that those patterns affect our health well-being and what happens in our lives each of the mentioned seven powers those energies has a specific role in the creation and a particular frequency frequency of vibration in order to remain balanced and, and physically mentally emotionally healthy and in order to keep evolving we need to be in tune with those seven powers they are the powers the, the energies that are responsible for the creation which we are part of um each of them reaches and flows through a particular chakra in our system therefore each of the chakras is different because they are to receive uh, um, a different of the seven powers so they are built differently to to be compatible with the power with the power that uh, uh, that um it is interacting with so therefore those chakras are built differently each of them has different amount of petals so to speak and they it look different like a, when we're i'm seeing it more where some images of of uh, chakras, you're thinking of these sort of flat circles going down in front, 
And when you're saying it's more uh, like a mandala, I'm thinking, is it like each chakra, like a portal? Or yes, yes, like they access? they are receiving and generating energies. They they um they constantly pulsate while letting through the energies, whether receiving or sending them out. So if they were uh, breathing, spreading out, and then contracting, spreading out, and the contracting, and 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 that's how it it is done on on the subtle energy level. That's how we interact with the energies um, taking part in the whole design that we are part of. And, and our sense. Some of us are more. I think some of us might be more sensitive. Absolutely. So when you go into, say, a room and there's different people in there, there may be some people that a sensitive person feels like, oh, I, their energy, I need to stay away from them. Or another person, they may feel really drawn to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, energies tend to come together when they are similar, although they also can be affected quite strongly but very different foreign to them energies and sense energy sensitive people would would mm -hmm. feel it and what's more when we're talking already about chakras um that our senses our physical senses translate for us the vibrations taking place in our chakras and that gives us an illusion of physical experiences we don't really exist physically. It is an illusion given to us by the interaction, interactions between energies taking place and affecting the systems that we are, the mandala-shaped systems built of those energy centers, chakras. So in your book, you're explaining um, different banners of... I don't know, personality or Absolutely. Shadow, shadow banners. And you're also explaining, well, you can explain on the show, but from what I've read, you're giving tools when people read this book of yours, you're not only explaining how to visually see which, the, which shadow things are in you, but also how to work on small, simple sayings or things that can help relieve the intensity of those from controlling you and putting you into that shadow place you can then become the person that the shadow becomes not in control of you but you could make the shadow work for you instead is that uh, yes you can transform and transform them and in order to give you the full fuller picture of how it happens and why we recommend some things exercises and such I will uh, go back to the frequencies, to the energies. And um, all that I was talking about and the outcome or possible outcome of the occurring processes, whether individual cases or globally, I'm talking about the subtle energy levels and the interactions between the energies can be measured by specific, look at that, mathematics and physics mm -hmm. of frequencies which we use in the teachings of Hall. That's where the whole um, system comes from. We can calculate that way 
things that are manifested or not manifested yet. In short, our teachings are based on, you may call it the science of frequencies of energies. And that science is different from the one we know or were taught in schools. Um, I can brief you. I can briefly give you an example. Let's yes. take this the, the simple e equation. Two plus two equals how much it equals? Four. Okay. In the mathematics of frequencies, we use numbers differently. Let's take some example and add uh, two apples and two elephants. We may end up with two apples and two elephants, or we may not. And not only because the elephants might eat the apples. <laughs> in, <laughs> in our mathematics, each number, even the simple one, like the number two represents a frequency. And so if we add two elephants and two elephants, we still may not end up with four elephants. We may end up with... Uh, for elephants, but depending on the characteristics, they either would create a tribe of four, or they may multiply, reproduce, or cast out an unwanted member, or simply destroy each other. Mm -hmm. In our calculations, uh, we don't, however, concentrate merely on the amounts, not that the result, how many elephants we end up with, is not our main focus. We would take into account each of the elephant's individual frequencies and then we will put them together for the purpose of reaching the result or possible result on the subtle energy level which tells us um, much more than just how many elephants may we end up with and why do do we do that it is because we know that all is energy and we know that energy is a process it is an event whose inherent characteristics are movement and direction. Energy never remains stagnant. It only tends to group together with similar energies and it tends to be affected to various degrees by other different energies. And those interactions, again, change its properties. Therefore, our physics and mathematics of frequencies take all of that into considerations and that will the first that will be the first step to explaining why shadows happen to us in which chakras and to what degree we are affected by them you see as we uh, talked before about uh, how all of us humans are unique we might also realize that every single being in the entire universe is also unique each plant is different than all the other plants of the same species. The same goes for animals, insects, minerals. And Gail, when I know you know that, when we look at a tree, we might notice that each leaf on that tree is not only different than all the leaves on the same tree, but also it differs from all the leaves on all the trees of the same species on the planet. And what about the raindrops, snowflakes, the grain of sand? They are all different. And that is why we acknowledge in uh, the mathematics and physics of frequencies, the frequency as the primary most important thing to study.
And while sometimes it is possible to apply some generalizations and even necessary to group some uh, major characteristics, but in other cases, each being needs to be considered individually. It, uh, it's, it isn't, though, a simple task for the science, for our modern science, that we already know. A um, couple of years ago, I sent a fragment of graphics and explanation of what is the mechanism of the force of existence to Dr. Dean Raid, and I know you know him too. Yes. He responded that um, the material I sent is so advanced that it would be like explaining iPhone mechanism to the 18th century scientist. And that perhaps oh. in 100 years, people will be able to understand it. And you know what? I understand Dr. Aiden's point. Of course, it might be easier for me to understand that knowledge since I wasn't trained in the known science. And so I'm not conditioned by the way of reasoning related to it. Dr. Aiden is right. And yet I give humans more, more credit than that. <laughs> well, he's, I, I've been thrilled to be, have been working with him for over 20 years. Yes. And, and, and he was the one who explained my, because I would never say that I was psychic to anyone, because to me that seemed like a weird word. Yes. And it was just really, this is just my personality or just how I am. But uh, he explained to me how, um, as we as we're growing up, people start ending up having what you call the shoulds or those kind of things where they have filters and they start having all these filters in front of them. And so then the other information that would just flow through doesn't come so easily because they have these filters that stop it. And I yes. had never had anyone explain to me how this works for me. And after he said that, he said, and you just you don't have any filters, Gail. And when he explained it that way, it really gave me a concept of what is happening for me. Because when people say, well, how did well, how did you whatever this or how did you whatever that? And all I can say yeah. is, I yeah. don't know. I just knew. And I don't have any technical or reasoning of why I had the information. And when he gave me that, it felt like, oh, now I have a I have like an answer now. I can say, well, it's because I don't have a lot of filters. So the information's coming at everybody. It's just that some people have an easier access because they don't have it filled with a bunch of things that say, oh, that's not real. Oh, that's not scientific. Oh, somebody will think I'm crazy. Whatever yes. those different things are. So I've always been very yes. grateful to him for that. Yes, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And especially in science, people are trained to reason in a certain way and they base their further research or discoveries on, 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 on that way of thinking. Uh, however, not only some people have uh, less filters, as you just described on, uh, in, in your own case, but also I believe it is possible to take them off. Yes. Uh, there are studies that help us to do it. Let's take shamanism, for example. Oh, my goodness. Uh, people have to learn uh, to look at the world and themselves in an entire dif different way when they are becoming shamans. And I believe that it is also possible to leave behind the old science and adapt to new ways of thinking, the new science. I, however, however, there is another obstacle, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, 
most scientists are very busy with the project and need to meet the deadlines set by the conditions of the grants, etc. And um, therefore, I haven't reached to anyone else yet. And I'm trying on my own for now to compile some draft of the theory of it all. Not the easiest way to do, but I, it is I what find... it is. It is what it is. Uh, I'm sorry. I was in, I was initiated in, 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 into shamanism in 2011 by a Mongolian uh, shaman, Taboriat shamanism, and so when I I put on all my Mongolian shamanic clothing and have all my different tools and things, and what I just do with someone is I call it just a blessing, yes. or what that's the best word I could come up with, and uh, for me it's like stepping out of the way. Like yes. Gail steps out of the way and then all this energy and information and things just comes through. I call maybe it's the universe. I'm not, I don't really have a name, but consciousness or something, but it comes through and then it goes to the person. So I don't feel like it has something to do with Gail giving this blessing. It has to do with energy just coming through Gail to connect with the other person and have a blessing experience. That's um, right. And that's, right. uh, that's the way that, you know, but I don't, I'm like you, I don't, I didn't read all these shamanism books and I don't have any specific thing that I follow in, you know, I just get what I've been taught by shamans coming here and sharing their experiences with me. That's and the, best, that's way. That's the my, best way. My absorption or what, that's how I learned. That's my, I was never, I was, I was very good in school, but I wasn't a good student. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I showed up <laughs> and yes. I got good grades, yes. but I yes. didn't spend a lot of attention and energy into doing the homework or the things that you were supposed to do. And um, I find that for me, I learned by experience. That's yes. my better teacher. Other people like learn most from reading the knowledge and information and things in books. But I, I I'm learning not to discount myself now because I didn't do it that way, that I have my own way that I learn. Yes. And uh, I think that's one of the things about your book that is so wonderful that it's it's a book that's teaching people how to get hold of their own shadow themselves yes. and work it through. They don't have to necessarily sign up for three years of therapy to work through some of this. They might have a little absolutely, bit. Absolutely, absolutely. Yes, I'll get so to I'd that too. I'd love if you could talk about what your book has to offer people in finding what their shadow is through the banner and then finding that there's a few steps that you offer to help them be able to clear or lessen the power or energy over that shadow. All right. In order to explain uh, that method and tell you why it is so effective and so quick, I have to go back to mm -hmm. the frequencies. Well, frequencies <laughs> are very big these days. <laughs> yes. Well, that that is the basic of uh, of the science that stands behind the teachings, and it is a very, very, very ancient science. It somehow got uh, fragmented scattered all over the place um thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago that science was first uh, revealed from what i've learned 
so when we go back to the frequencies and our inner shadows, then of course we notice and we know that that due to past trauma and the conditional programming we mentioned before, the flow of the energies that are reaching the mandala shaped chakras gets either blocked or disrupted and consequently the chakras, the very important energy centers that let us interact and communicate with um, other energies get damaged. We can imagine that as perforations, as if the wings of a windmill or an air fan were perforated. And that of course causes the whole mechanism malfunction because the whole design the whole creation, which we call in our teachings, the design that designed itself. Again, I'm not going to go deeper into that, another conversation. But that design that we are all part of has self-healing abilities. Mm -hmm. And so it uses available dense energy as a temporary fix. It patches the holes with it, as if it were using uh, glue or plaster. And the dense energy we call shadows however the dense energies all dense energies the denser the uh, the denser is the energy the lower frequencies it has the lower vibration and the dense energies the low frequency vibrations in the long run um they affect us very negatively they change our thoughts behavior they affect our DNA, leading to ill health, including chronic predicaments, accidents, <laughs> and even serious or term terminal diseases. Mm -hmm. Therefore, dense energies are not meant to be a permanent solution. It is as if we let a bunch of thieves guard the treasure. If we don't fix our emotional wounds and let the shadows reside prolongly in the damaged areas, they grow stronger and even denser. And over time, they would cause us more and more harm and taking control of our thoughts, our behavior. And that's why we need to deal with our wounds. We need to deal with our conditioning and not shove the whole thing in our, into our subconscious. Because mind you, uh, why it, is it so... Uh, dangerous it's because our subconscious was generally meant to serve us as a survival tool and while humans gradually have become more conscious the subconscious didn't evolve or change its function it is in charge of our emotions habits reactions automatic behaviors beliefs in other words instinctual behavior that's why whether we wish for a peaceful and happy and beautiful life or we want the whole world to come together in peace we need to go through a self-healing process as individuals can we do that yep <laughs> we can do that because just like the rest of the whole design that designed itself um we also have self-healing abilities and our self-healing abilities affect our thoughts our dna our physical and emotional and yeah. mental well-being as well as uh, they contribute to our evolution 
we can apply our self-healing abilities to all the big seven areas of our life once again our body emotions ego mind our vision of ourselves our vision of the world and our heart and its vision we can become more conscious and we can stop running on automatic pilots we can improve ourselves and we can improve our lives and um i believe we noticed that there is no town there is no city village country organization or business that can enjoy lasting success and grow to full potential when its leaders and members are controlled by their inner shadows once we begin our self-healing process, we can overcome anything that limits us. There is a simple solution for situations when there, is, when there seems to be no way out. We can build a new path. We can discover a new path. And that's how the Inner Shadow Transformation Banner Method was created. Uh, it was back in 2009 and i was in the midst of post-production of my feature film shadowland the legend which took several years with all the uh, visual effects and uh, that's way another story but uh, at the same time i was also running an international film festival and i worked on another film script in other words i was extremely busy and seemed to like it seemed to love it which is typical for numerous workaholics yes. drawn to film business and in those years it was already after studying in trances with my teacher for quite a while i thought i had done all i could to heal myself from my trauma from my childhood, from my emotional wounds, and now everything was great and peachy. And uh, as we both know, uh, Gail, that many of the people that progress spiritually often think that once we've reached a certain level, all is good now. And then we may realize that, nope, not everything is good. <laughs> and there are still parts of us that can cripple our experience and then just simply need healing straightforward healing i asked my teacher about that and he said oh you know there are some methods out there and you can use them you can go to therapy and perhaps they will help you help you with what you need help with and the cocky me i responded i'll have time for long therapy sessions <laughs> Again, that is very typical for most busy people. So I asked him if we could develop a method that would be highly effective and quick, allowing me to mm. remain focused on my beloved tasks. He agreed. <clears throat> he agreed. He's a agreeable, beautiful and wise teacher. And we developed that method under his guidance. And also we were using my experience of having uh, worked over the years with uh, thousands of people, both in my profession as a filmmaker and also as my secret activity as a healer and counselor. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> both of those fields uh, helped me learn basically firsthand about various types of people's subconscious shadows. Mm -hmm. And naturally, I also had the opportunity to figure out how to deal with them and quickly, often on the spot. 
what uh, what we need to know is that fighting with our own or someone else's shadows while we live in the shadow land is pointless we won't win the fight mm -hmm. our subconscious shadows cannot be destroyed they cannot be defeated because they are part of our own energy they can only be healed transmuted that and and in, in and and once we transform their i have to say it bloodthirsty energy in mm -hmm. helpful energy then the sky is the limit that that's very comforting to hear because i've been working with some of my shadow things recently and i never thought that oh here i'm in you know here I'm in my late 60s now, and I, I and I'm looking back at stuff that I haven't looked at for over 30 years. Yes. And we, uh, but when you see that yourself gets has uh, buttons or whatever you want to call them inside, that if someone pushes them, all of a sudden your emotions go off the edge. You know that that's something you really need to work at. And once I I gave up the idea that. I'm never going to get rid of the things that happened of traumatic in my, because I think sometimes people think somehow in therapy or healing or whatever modality they're using, they think that they're going to alleviate it forever and it's never gone in their, in their, their, their space or their yes. subconscious anymore. And it's not true. It does rear back up again and it yes. does face up again. Yes. yes. But if you use the tools and methods like you're offering in this book, that are very simple things to say in facing and dealing with it, I feel like it it puts it into its perspective space and it, we can respect it for what it is, but it doesn't control us anymore. Yes, we need um, shadow hygiene. We basically <laughs> need shadow hygiene, just like we take care of our body, our teeth, our hair, our emotions. I'm not going to go into all the beautiful <laughs> things that we take care of. <laughs> we need to take care of our inner shadows. We need to know how to deal with them and we need to know how to help ourselves on our vision quest. Yes. Our method, um, I'm going to talk now um, about the method itself, it consists Perfect. of seven steps. We got there finally. And after uh, completing those seven steps, we call them the participants, are provided with maintenance tools. So you are provided with maintenance tools for your shadow hygiene. In the first step, we ask, uh, we are asked to look for troublesome, I'm not excluding myself, so we are asked to look for the troublesome characteristics in ourselves and designate them to a particular banner they belong to. Each banner refers to a specific set of behavior and character traits. We rec and uh, in our method, we recognize 10 basic banners whose characteristics are most common in the Western world. Each of us can belong to one or more banners. No banner is right or wrong. They simply describe the particular subconscious tribe we share with others. We may see it as our vibrational family. And um, indeed, once we follow this method, 
and practice on ourselves, then we are able to notice the members of our own banner of banners in our environment. And if we so wish, we can also learn to recognize people belonging to other banners and find out how to deal with them. Or we can help those people to find out about themselves and help their situation. And there each are also has a, has a color related to Each banner that. has a color and that was yeah, you pushed me to reveal the secret. It is related to um, when I was trained by my teacher, I was trained into seeing energies. And the way I saw energies, I saw patterns. Sometimes, not sometimes, but most of the time, they are geometrical shapes of various colors mm -hmm. that I see in people. Um, doesn't matter whether I see them in person or I see them in the distance. Once I have the permission, because um, by default I don't want to interfere with anybody's path or business, uh, but once people um, interact with me and give me the permission, then I can tell them what happens in the physical body, with the emotions, with what they're going through. And and those colors are related both to the energies that uh, are visible on the subtle energy level, and they also um, are related to the perceived colors of the chakras. Of the chakras don't have any colors, but, you know, everything is a perception, and we perceive them in a certain colorful way. Could you explain, and, say, maybe one banner or just one example of a shadow? Yes, um, we uh, very briefly because. Um, yeah, we are on our hour now, but yes, um, let's see. Some let us say that somebody had a particular experiences, traumatic experiences, or. It could be emotional experience, or it could be the conditional programming, and their first chakra was damaged mm -hmm. for that reason. And uh, in our teachings, we know that the first chakra lets through the first power. Oh my goodness, I chose the wrong example. I can't go into the details because <laughs> the first power is called the universal law, and the universal law consists of eight uh, laws for energies. Okay, I'm not going to um, talk about them right now, but they all affect the way we think, the way we act, uh, our intentions, and in our teachings, our thoughts, our actions. Basically, it affects uh, what happens to us in life. And so um, I call it the red banner because we perceive the first chakra in red color. In, in some other teachings, philosophies. And um, then we will have to match uh, that damaged chakra in specific um, recipes, in specific steps. And that could be sound, uh, particular affirmations, for instance, or it could be uh, traditional recipes uh, such as uh, uh, deriving from plants, and uh, there, we could also ask you to visit certain places in the planet. We can ask you to uh, participate in certain activities. Uh, we give you the whole spectrum of things that are vibrationally and on the frequencies level beneficial 
for the reparation of your chakra. Also, at the same time, we know that each banner is affected by a particular fear, and we recognize 10, top 10 basic fears. And in the, for that first chakra, uh, the, the fear would be the fear of change. People who um, have problems with that chakra are particularly fearful of changes. And we would recommend um, an inner journey. We call them inner journeys, and they are not typical guided meditations. They mm -hmm. differ from them. And um, and those inner journeys uh, have also a profound effect on healing um, the red banners root chakra. I... That's how it works. And then after people con uh, complete the seven steps, uh, we would recommend the maintenance for each banner. So it is a simple method. It is really a simple method and one can treat our book as a self-help manual and it all starts with uh, recognizing what stories you tell yourself about yourself. You have to and, be honest. Uh, how you see yourself in your life and whether you trust yourself and uh, we help you with that too in our book. Mm -hmm. I have to add also that uh, I know that there are some people um, who will not treat this workbook but they might want to look at, at it more as a textbook and indeed I already um, designed a, a weekend workshop for people in business situation and now we'll be working on online courses for individual people and uh, and you can use that book as a textbook in that setting um, there is a, there is a tab on my official website which is dedicated to our nonprofit organization, Humans of Planet Earth Association. It was a funny story. When I wanted to register Humans of Planet Earth, uh, I wasn't able to. I wasn't able to register us as a corporation because I guess that would give us uh, a lot of power. And I had to add that little word at the end, association, and then, and then the registration. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So on that page on my website, johannakern.com, you can find updates about our courses. And since we have to finish, because I know that uh, you are busy and uh, we all have some things to do, I, I'd like to do something uh, at the end, something a little bit different and very, very short. I would like to, in a moment, ask you, Gail, yes. and, uh, and your viewers to close your eyes. It will be only for a brief moment. Okay. With your eyes closed, you will repeat after me in your mind three questions. And please don't answer the questions for yourself right now. The purpose of the exercise is to imprint the questions in your memory. Please close your eyes now. Repeat after me. What are the stories I tell myself? about myself what are the stories no 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 in your mind in, your mind. in my mind okay yes what are the stories i tell myself about myself okay 
Yeah. Am I happy or disappointed with where I am in my life? Can I trust myself? Good. Good. Please open your eyes. When you have time, perhaps you might want to find the answer to these questions. It might be best to do it with your eyes closed, just yeah. like we did here. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much. I want to just hold your book up again one more time for our viewers to see. And um, that the things that you spoke about, and I, I'm sorry I said Joanna, I will go to Joanna. Johanna. Oh, there's, Johanna. There's a matter. I respond to a lovely honey friend. Yes. <laughs> well, well, Johanna, I want to thank you so much for being here today. And I want to say that I recommend this as for me, it felt like you're like what you're saying, like I was working with a workbook or something that was giving Thanks. me these tools and saying, OK, now try this. Close your eyes. So you'll find that in this book. And I found it to be very beneficial. So uh, I just want to thank you so much for being here and also that I'll have to have you back again because I know that there's these other sevens that the seven powers out. creating the yes. world and the seven powers within you. Yes, I girl. also wanted I don't know who your master is, but I do want to thank whoever the masters are that you've been working with for transmitting such wonderful information through you. And that we're grateful to the spirits or whatever form it is that they come in to give you this information because you're awake and aware enough to receive that and not everybody's able to do that. So I want to thank both you and your invisible team that you work with. Thank you. If, if someone is interested in meeting my master um, based on my description, uh, then there are those two books, Master and the Green Eyed Hope, and that, that book is describes in a novel-like style the experiences, the trances, how I was uh, dealing with the teachings, how they were mirrored in my life. And you will learn much more about the master. And also there is the sequel to that book, uh, The Birth of a Soul. While the first book um, contains the teachings about the energies, frequencies, and how things work in the material, physical world, Birth of a Soul is about the spiritual world and the teachings I am getting about that world. There's well, another world, but I don't want to talk about it now. No, it's too I'm much. Just, it's too much. I'm just glad that you were able to come forth and share all this because I think sharing all the stories and information and experiences that people have amongst each other is a way of us healing and growing together. And Having been at the Woodstock Cox, uh, Festival back in 1969 when I was 14, there was written across the fence in giant painted letters, we are one. And I we was, are. yes, yeah. and we were there with 400,000 people in a situation that could be turned very shadowy yes. and dark. And instead, yeah. everyone united as one. And it's an incredible feeling to acknowledge it and physically see that the oneness, the togetherness, the togetherness. And you know, there's this uh, worn out already saying, we are all in it. But it is very true. We are yes. all in it. 
So I'm very grateful to meet you here today on our podcast. I am honored and grateful and I love you deeply. Yes. And a wonderful just... being and your audience, your guests are amazing beings. I am happy to be invited to participate in your experience. I am very grateful. Oof. Uh, well, <laughs> thank thank you. you so much. And just hold on while I do our sign off. Don't go away yet, okay? Okay. okay. So listeners, I want to thank you so much for being here today. Remember, if you get a chance and you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can watch us on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, enjoy the shows, and please send your comments. We really love hearing from you. I want to thank my daughter, Nancy, and my son, Richard, for doing all the work to promote this show and put it out there for me. And I'm just very, very happy doing this podcast that I never knew that that's what I was going to be doing. So I'm hoping you audience are enjoying it as much as I am. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful, wonderful week ahead. And remember, share your stories because stories can heal. Thanks. Mm -hmm.